With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. He comes over in the flashback. He comes over to his dying wife. She's bleeding all over the place. She's got this really unrealistic blood streak coming out of her mouth. And he says... What's going on? What's going on? What? Uh, I got shot. Is going on? You're stupid. I laughed for um, a solid six minutes at this moment. I just wrote, "What's going on? What's up? Is that your period? I thought that wasn't from your mouth. Is that from your? Is that happen occasionally?" God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because you can't get those Opus Day leg clamps at Walmart. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting <laughs> 700 miles to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. So, uh, you know who's a good actor? I don't. Mayim Bialik. <laughs> if I was going to get somebody from the cast of Blossom to be in my movie, I would get Mayim Bialik. You could do worse, apparently. I wouldn't have thought, but yes, you could You could do worse. Of course, in sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I am fantastic, Noah. Uh, did you guys get the second half of this pornography film? I only got the first <laughs> little clips. I kept skipping. I think it was plenty. I, okay, I think it good. Was I'm glad plenty. you guys got the parts with sex in it, because mine was just the setups. Yeah. It was frustrating. I like uh, setups. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So tell us, Heath, what porn setups will we be breaking down today? We watched Saved by Grace. It's the story of a man and a woman driving around their depressing childhood town on Thanksgiving and having a giant all day sadness contest. <laughs> and uh, then at the very end. The movie's over. That's the movie. It's, it's a 90 minute sadness contest. The movie and everybody loses or, or yeah. wins or whatever you call that. It's, it's the sadness contest and it's over. And Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love blind dates, but you wish they'd been set up by an evil God, you will love this movie. It's uh, it's like she's all that. Contagious. Um, when Harry met Salmonella, the, the fault in our scar tissue. That one already had cancer. So it's double. All right, and we should probably mention up front that we're actually going to be recording this episode uh, in late October, so that we can take some time off for the holiday. So if Eli makes a topical joke that's five weeks past his freshness date, or or if there's a running joke that he's been making for weeks and you've been wondering where it comes from and it just suddenly shows up in this episode, now you'll know why. What's the deal with it being October 21st? Have you heard about this? <laughs> Have you seen this? Huh? Pumpkins, am I right? It's decorating? 22nd, 3rd. So. <laughs> All right, so is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with best worst sadness box. Ooh, there's we have some contenders among yeah. our main, films. <laughs> there's a main character of this movie that's not a person. It's a sadness box. <laughs> the main character, though, it's just he has a box of misery that he carries around like a security blanket. The whole movie is like a really dark Peanuts cartoon about how Linus is about to kill himself and he carries around a sadness box. <laughs> yeah, and, and Eli mentioned it here, but we have had so many sadness boxes. Like how many of our movies open up with someone going through the exposition box of sadness, right? Yeah. But his was definitely the best worst. All right, so I'm going to go with best worst geographical underpinnings. All right, so this movie is about a trip across town, across this little rinky-dinky shithole town that rivals the search for the Northwest Passage in time and complexity. At a certain point, I thought we were just going to get an overhead shot of the car driving in a figure eight over and over again. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm going pretty obvious here. I'm going to go with best worst manic pixie dream Christian. Oh. That we've... We've had a couple of these as well, uh, but the woman in this movie is written like someone watched the first, I don't know, 12 minutes of planes, trains, and automobiles and was like, John Candy is the good guy. I've got it. I've seen everything I need. I am ready to <laughs> write a movie. The two of them are so gonna fuck. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, sorry. I would have thrown a bonus best worst here. I, I Best worst observation. <laughs> We're going to get there, but there's one line in this movie that irked me so bad I had to go down and scream about it for like 20 minutes or whatever. I'll I'll, I'll mention it when it shows up, but it, it, suffice to say, all the dialogue in this movie is cribbed from Heath flirting. Right? Absolutely. We could trap any woman on the planet in a car with Heath and this movie gets reenacted line for line. <laughs> well, except she would say <laughs> sane things, right? Right? <laughs> no, I wouldn't dance with I don't. <laughs> There's dancing in this. That's oh, crazy billionaire money. Okay, look, if by Christmas you get us to $1 billion on Patreon, <laughs> we will remake this movie shot for shot, but with Heath being like, shut up. Dance. <laughs> you dance. It's gross. I'm eating a sandwich over your pool. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got turkey to get to or tofurky as the case may be. So we're going to give ourselves a quick break. And when we come back, we'll help ourselves to all the spasmodic tangents that are saved by grace. Hi, I'm no illusion. Not not your line, Eli. I, does it matter who says it? In this instance, it kind of does. Yeah. Anyway, we know a lot of our listeners are going to be with their families on Thursday. And for some of you, that'll be great. But some of you have really shitty families. Right. So when you sit down for turkey, many of you will have to wedge between a climate change denier cousin and an aunt with three good chiropractors to recommend. And some of you will be sitting between an evangelical and an even worse evangelical. And many of you won't have any family to enjoy Thanksgiving with at all because you're losers. No, nope, not not the point of this bit. Is that okay. so? No. Okay, moving through. So to lift you up, if you got less than most to be thankful for than most this year, we thought we'd remind you that no matter how bad you got it, at least you're not a vegan. That's right, Heath. Because while you're eating turkey, I'll be sitting down to nut loaf. It's like meatloaf, but with nuts. It's, it's exactly what you think. And when you're chowing down on a side of mac and cheese, 
I'll be chowing down on Annie's Vegan Mac, which is flavored with, I'm not joking, dried pumpkin. So sure, your uncle will start the day only two beers shy of, don't get me wrong, some of my best friends are territory, and he'll be there by the end of the Lions game. And sure, your sister's husband will end the 9-11 argument. Pretty sure you're in on it, too. But at least you get pumpkin pie with real whipped cream on it, and Eli has to eat... Uh, textured soy pie with almond cream. It's it's white. Is it though? Is it even white? Grayish white. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Just say gray. And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to open up this picture with a character literally bursting through the door and yelling "bib" in my face. <laughs> we're no seconds Gross. in before I want this guy to die of cancer, and that's before I realized it was Joey Lawrence. <laughs> Joey Lawrence. Very exciting. Very oh, exciting. Woo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so someone was like, get me an actor who had a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> never use it though. I was waiting for it the whole fucking time. He's oh, moved on from that. They did not get a woe in there. That's so disappointing. It's I like agree. if it's like it's like going to see the band and they only play their new shit. Fuck you. Oh. By the way, I looked up Joey Lawrence and it is sad like super <laughs> super duper sad so he ran out of money after his you know child tv star thing uh then he did that terrible show with uh, uh melissa joan hart and then he ran out of money again and <laughs> then he tried to be this is serious a chippendales dancer in las vegas he tried to <laughs> get I'm not even joking, a residency specifically as a Chippendales dancer at a Vegas location. <laughs> and then he ran out of money again. And now he's bankrupt. He filed for bankruptcy this year. Oh, wow. Oof. Do you so, think the other cast members were constantly trying to get him to do it? It was like, oh, okay, so you're going to stop the car very quickly in this scene. And then, you know, you're going to say, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you guys get that? Did we get it? Huh? <laughs> we can only hope so. All right. Well, the, the the good news for Joey Lawrence, though, is that this absolutely has to be rock bottom, right? Because if he does worse than this, it's suicide, right? Like, that would be the end. That's the only way to go below being okay. in this movie, right? Well, spoil the movie, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so this is one of those, this is going to be one of those overcoming your grief movies, and we've done a lot of those. <laughs> and the beginning of the overcoming your grief movie always has to be your loved one dying. Obviously. Right? Like, it, it, we've seen our fair share of car accidents to open these up, or maybe somebody's got the cancer or something like that or whatever. This Uncle Ben movie, dies. We get it. Yeah, this movie goes so far above and beyond in terms of how they're going to kill off that character. Could be anything, could be an explosion, could be a car accident as it so often is, but no. It's that the husband, Joey Lawrence's character, is a cop and a bad guy that he busted way back in the day, just got out of jail and has now come into his house to kill his wife so that he gets to know what true grief feels like. And this criminal is amazing. I, all I have in my notes is a member of Nickelback without makeup is there holding her hostage. Oh, <laughs> uh, and he has so much, he's got all the cancer. He's yeah. he like, he's <laughs> coughing so silly, extra coughing. Like there, there's like a giant tumor pointing a gun at this guy who's pointing a gun at Joey Lawrence's <laughs> wife. 
and he's <laughs> coughing up ridiculous colored blood. It's it's over the top. Oh, and the dialogue here is so bad. It's like he inches towards the criminal at one point and he goes, what are you, a ninja? <laughs> he does. <laughs> but it's Joey Lord, so of course he's a fucking ninja. Originally, this movie, I would imagine, was written so that the guy just shoots his his wife and he stands, stands there and goes, oh, very sad. But because it was Joey Lawrence, I think he went in there and be like, I'd kick a little ass, though, first, right? Right. <laughs> so they actually have the bit where, like, the, the cooking timer dings and he and he turns away <laughs> and he, that distracts the bad guy and he wrestles with him with the gun. But but the wife gets shot. It distracts the bad guy forever. <laughs> yes. for like a good minute of distraction. One <laughs> bell going off. The guy, like, he starts playing with a cat squeaky toy. And, like, <laughs> Joey Lawrence plays with the squeaky toy for most of that same minute. But then he dives for the gun and oh. his wife gets shot. And yeah. there's no audio here. And I guarantee you it's because there are several hours of footage of Joey Lawrence yelling, wrist control, wrist control. <laughs> <laughs> or just going, yeah. ow, 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 ow. <laughs> Stop. And by the way, Joey Lawrence is not looking good either. No. He no. is, he looks like a pile of cocaine being held together by a spray tan, just barely. <laughs> oh, see, that matches mine. I was going to say he's like discount Kmart branded version of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like Jude Law on his deathbed. He, looked like, <laughs> yeah. he looks yeah. like Jude Law went bankrupt and had to become a Chippendales dancer. And yeah, then right. Again. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, looks like a rejected resident Chippendales dancer. So. <laughs> it looks like Patrick Swayze now. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So, yes, we have now achieved Dead Spouse in the dumbest way any of these movies ever has. And that's saying a lot. And then we get the credits, right? And there's going to be a lot of this. This is the first time we see it. Uh, these shots these long panning shots of just a really shitty place to live from a person so enamored with his hometown that he doesn't realize that he's just showing shots of a shitty place to live yeah the, the whole <laughs> subtext here is i gotta show you the water tower yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like the whole thing, it's like a reverse Wes Anderson movie. It's like Wes Anderson having a stroke made a movie like opposite. It's yeah, cool. right, right, exactly. And the music here is uh, provided by a youth pastor trying to fuck a 14-year-old girl, right? Oh, it's just... Yes, <laughs> and throughout, right? That guy, yeah. by the end of this, that musician does fuck that 14-year-old girl. That's the only kind of closure this movie gives us. <laughs> yeah, all right. So we've got... Joey Lawrence is sitting in his home all depressed, right? And his cat, he's a cop. So the captain is coming by to see how he's doing on this, the fifth Thanksgiving since his wife was shot and killed by that criminal. And Captain Cop Guy is 427 months pregnant. He's, <laughs> look, I am not a thin man, but my beer gut stays within the bounds of visual possibility. He's, he's also wearing a belt, which is crazy and impossible. Like it's somehow too tight and around his knees at the same time. It's insane. Yeah, he's not a. <laughs> the buckle is facing back in at him. Yeah. It's interesting geometry. He's non-Euclidean. That's how I had him down. Yeah. So, okay, so, but he shows up and he, and he has to walk through the depressed beer house, right? That Joey Lawrence has that one fucking house that every depressed person in a movie lives in. Or 
or successful podcaster well, who's that's crushing true it. That Don't it, be judging. It does look just Noah. like you're, you throw a few beer cans around your apartment <laughs> and it would have been a, it would have been a dead ringer for this place. Yeah. Thank you. So maybe that is what <laughs> depression looks like. <laughs> yeah. But so the captain's there to invite him over for Thanksgiving, right? He even says, you should come over and watch the game. I have a 70 inch screen TV. <laughs> yep. What function does the word screen serve in that description, you think? <laughs> right. But Joey Lawrence, again, is supposed to just be like supremely depressed here. So he's like, all right, let me check my planner. Uh, I got five hours of bleak silence. Okay. Uh, call Heath. Five more hours of bleak silence. Free after that, though. Okay, maybe I'll yeah. come over later. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. And then, you know, but he's not interested in no stupid Thanksgiving. Instead, Joey Lawrence would like to have flashbacks to the scene we just saw. The exact scene. And while he's going through this, by the way, he is wearing a, a comically giant watch. It is so distracting. Like, he might as well be wearing like the Flavor Flav's <laughs> necklace around his wrist as he goes through this box of sad memories. <laughs> All right. So now it's it, time to introduce the star of the show. The Depression Sad Box. Yes. Now he's he's going through some of it. We, we get a, a better cataloging of its of its um, contents later, but he's going through it right now, and he has a gun. And I was just like, oh, if he shot himself right here, this movie would be over, and we it would be a Thanksgiving for all of us. But no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't don't keep a gun inside your weepy sadness box. Just a tip. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Although this one, to be fair, was a very silly looking prop gun, clearly made of cardboard, and it like it made me laugh. So like maybe maybe it's not entirely sadness <laughs> box. Like that is kind of funny. One that squeaks. That would be good. <laughs> and he does the thing where he only needs one bullet. And uh, every time I see someone do that with a sadness box, and that happens in Christian and non-Christian movies, I always think about, like, what if the gun goes off when you're an hour from home and you're just like, oh, <laughs> you gotta go all the way back for another bullet. Can, can you even thing? buy one bullet? Like, I would hope you can. Like, <laughs> if somebody, if you order one bullet at a store, I would like them to say, no, I will not sell you one bullet. Absolutely not. Fun fact, they only sell them one bullet at a time at Walmart if you buy them. They just... Got to get him out of one of those things with the little plastic balls in it. Got to put them in a quarter at a time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but before he can shoot himself, though, he has to go check his answering machine. I'm dying to know what decade this movie happens in, right? Because so, it oh. has today technology sometimes, but then also it has answering machines sometimes. <laughs> it's the best. And he has a flat. This is impressive for the amount of movies we've watched. He has a flashback during the exposition answering machine message. Yeah. Like he might as well have had a montage of himself having a flashback <laughs> during the answering machine expositions over the crowd. It was insane. Yes. As was the flashback itself. Oh, yes. The flashback is to his wife at their first Thanksgiving with her perfectly having cooked a turkey and going, it's my first try at cooking a turkey. I think I did pretty good. And I just want to say, if he had a realistic flashback, it would be very different.
Jesus, shut it off. I can't shut it off. It's a smoke alarm. How is There's the fucking floor covered in this much water? I don't know. No idea? <laughs> About the water, at least? I don't know where that water came from. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, like you do. <laughs> like you to know. So, okay. So he goes to leave because he, he can't just kill himself there at the house, but he has to be mean to a homeless person looking through his trash first. Okay. Here's a question. I'm going to go a little rogue here. Is this man homeless? This or man is beautiful and not homeless. Is he Absolutely just a garbage not. enthusiast? <laughs> well, that's true. No, that's true. I was just assuming he was homeless because later on he said he slept at a homeless shelter. Uh, it, that, it, it could that could be a choice. He does that ironically. You don't know because <laughs> he constantly refuses money. First in this scene, but mm -hmm. he will do so later in the movie as well. He keeps being like, "Hey, man, do you, do you want some money?" And he's like, "Nah, I'm just here for the trash." I and and again, one of his first lines, he goes, "I used to be super busy too, but now I just enjoy the world." I wrote in my notes, yeah, enjoy the world. Pee in the clothing I'm standing in. It's great. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so, but that's the thing. And the, these Christian movies so often have to butt up against this. Their religion demands that cranky, weird street person have it all figured out, right? Yep. Like, because their theology is indistinguishable from the shit a crazy person would just shout at you from your garbage cans. Mm hmm. The other thing I love about this scene is there's, like four sentences in a row where all this character does is zing the homeless guy. Like he's like, oh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. You've got a lot to be thankful for. And he's like, you have a lot to be thankful for because you're homeless. Zing, got him. And he's like, oh, okay, you got me. Uh, God is good. Is he? Because you're a homeless person. Oh, all right. Uh, I feel like you're just doing this now. Everything I say, you're turning back around about me being homeless. Kind of a dick move. Maybe give me your house, suicidal man. <laughs> or offer me more than one $5 bill out of your wallet. You are going to kill yourself. Basically, all your money would have been the same, right? Uh, but so, but here's the thing, though. Like, right, this is sort of a constant character in not just Christian movies, but movies that have any kind of connection to God or whatever, that the homeless guy stands in for, like, God on earth, but because it's this movie, it has to be done to such a ridiculous extreme that this guy is basically just like carving the word God into his lawn with his laser jizz. <laughs> and and they have this weird moment before the scene ends where they kind of agree. Like he, he goes like, yeah, God never gives us more than we can handle. Right. And he's like, you said it. And I just. I felt like the homeless guy and the guy with the dead wife agreeing on how great God is was a weird beat choice for this film. I just want to throw that out there. Well, and by the way, I got to feel like that's the worst possible thing to say to a suicidal person or the second worst. Like, that's a really bad thing to say to suicidal people, right? Right. Eh, second only up. to you won't. <laughs> All right, then, then he drives out to more gee, isn't Nebraska beautiful shots from somebody who doesn't know any better. I just wrote driving through the fields of nothing that is America. <laughs> right. He passes a Thanksgiving church sign, basically says, bah humbug. Yeah, I wrote, he's arguing with church signs. Noah, you should sue. <laughs> 
And so as he's driving, he happens by a stranded hot chick. But he just keeps driving because fuck that bitch. Well, okay. In his defense, she stands up like when he's halfway past her. And I was just like, hey, stick out your thumb or something. People don't just stop. And if they do, it's because they're going to murder you or you're in a porn pretending you're waiting for a ride. Like, there's only two reasons why they just stop. Come on. <laughs> I would have stopped for the, like, small chance of the porn reason with this. Yeah, no, that's, day, yeah, she, she she made it worth stopping. Um, Eli, you'd be amazed by small town America what people will do. If they, if they see, like, somebody walking along the side of the road with luggage in some parts of the world, they just do stop. It's amazing. What? I, yeah, have been working too hard to murder people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, but he, he keeps driving. She And what's so funny is that she's acting desperate, right? Like, she's like, oh, finally, a car's coming by. But the, the filmmakers were too lazy to go to an actual road with no cars on it. So there's, like, visible cars behind and ahead of his. Oh, finally, a Jeep Grand Cherokee, which is the only kind of car I'll ride in. There you go. Chevy Tahoe, finally, at last. Yeah, but he, okay, so he drives uh, beyond. And he, then he goes to the bridge where all the significant bullet points of he and his wife's relationship happened. <laughs> Does it feel weird to kill yourself in a sentimental place? It feels weird. It feels weird to me. I, I only say that because if that's true, I have to kill myself in the top of an Irish restaurant. I really don't want to do that in Washington Heights. <laughs> at Hill. Yeah, that's where I proposed to my wife. Wow, I'd have to rent that fucking apartment again or something. Right? Or trick my way. Yeah, no, that's that. Yeah. You gotta go to a Wendy. I mean, you're not the first guy to kill yourself in that parking lot of that <laughs> Wendy's. <laughs> All right, so, and, and so now we're gonna properly catalog the sadness box, right? He's going to take out one piece of exposition at a time. Oh, he's got a Bible with an inscription, lazy. But it, that he looks at, that he, he looks at the inscription here so that we'll see it too. Yeah. Oh, he might oh. as well take out a jar labeled nostalgia and just start drinking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got his sadness picture that he's like rubbing his hands along. And, and then we see he's got a whole line. Of sadness pictures that he's like yep. stuck into his dashboard, so they, they pop up like guess who? Just a bunch of sad <laughs> sadness pictures, and uh, he's just, he's got like a spinning spice rack, a poison next to him. It's like it's over the top. <laughs> he's got the plane tickets for that trip to Paris that they never took. So good to know that you and Thomas Smith are ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. and then he has. A picture of the guy who killed his wife, which I feel like you don't want in your suicide box. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the news clipping in case we forgot from the beginning of the movie or the flashback. <laughs> yeah. And of course, at the very bottom of the box, he has the, the gun to kill himself with. That's the end of this rebus puzzle worth of backstory, apparently. <laughs> Also, by the way, he's got that. It's supposed to be a newspaper clipping of mm -hmm. the guy who killed him, but it's not. It's he. It's like a piece of paper. So he scanned the article about the killer, printed it on regular paper, and keeps that piece of regular paper <laughs> in the sadness box. <laughs> but even better, this movie's so ridiculous. They didn't even bother writing a fake article about the killer. They just took whatever they had on paper around. <gasps> so here's what we got to see. 
we got to see an article that was, I'm pretty sure, a sympathetic article about the Nazis who had their paintings stolen by the evil American soldiers in 1945. <laughs> what, really? I'm not even joking. That's like <laughs> These guys could not be bothered to type up something to cover up the... The Nazi newspaper article, which was the only <laughs> paper they had lying around on their or, set. Or, counter idea, they were like, hey man, type us up a fake newspaper article, and the only <laughs> thing the prop guy could think of who made this movie was like, what's a typical newspaper story? All right, a feel-good story about the Nazis who have their painting stolen by the American soldiers. Excellent. All typed out. All right, so here he is at the bottom of the box. He pulls the gun out. He aims it at his head. But just then, that woman he didn't pick up earlier runs up to his car, runs up to a car parked in the middle of nowhere on Thanksgiving Day with a man holding a gun to his own head. And she's just like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. She somehow doesn't notice at all. I feel like him just shooting himself right then and there would be fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. She runs up. Hi, excuse me, Pip. Oh, <laughs> well, I was going to ask if I could borrow your car. So I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> oh, I have fun. I want him to just like slowly roll up the window. Just be like, no wash, no wash, no Olympiad. Stop, stop. Or just like completely pretend he doesn't see her. We get to just <laughs> not look at her for a while. Oh, see, I wanted him to play it off and be like, oh, sorry, I was just on my cell phone. Uh, yes, Mr. Gunfire, I'll be there in the morning. <laughs> the Nazis Ring. did have it rough when they're painting. <laughs> All right, so she says to him, she's like, he rolls down the window, he hides his gun, and she's like, hey, do you have a cell phone? And he's like, I, there's no reason why I wouldn't, but the movie doesn't work. If I do, so no, I'm the like one human <laughs> who has a job and no cell phone. I don't like phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's relatable. It's <laughs> so it's, it's like she's like, you know, well, hey, look, I'm stranded here and um, I need a ride to get to a phone. And I'm thinking to myself, this is perfect fucking timing, right? You could just step outside and shoot yourself and then she can use your truck and be like, oh. Have you found your lucky day? Yes, right. Like, ah, that's a weird way to grant a wish. Can I give you that note? <laughs> but instead, he's like, no. And I like this is so awkward because he's not going to drive away. He's going to no. shoot himself. No, so right. He's got to like. I wanted him to like do the like. Driving away, boop boop. <laughs> so you go. <laughs> but then, of course, so she starts walking away all dejected. But then he's like, "Well, I can kill myself on Black Friday. That'd be easier anyway. I just go to a Walmart. Uh, they'll do Stand it. Stand in the front me. of the line. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so he's <laughs> like, "All right, I'll give you a ride into town." Oh, and there's this amazing moment where he like backs up the car and he's like, "Hey." Get in. But I wanted him so badly to just back up the car and be like, hey, fuck you. I'm not Still giving you no. a ride. <laughs> <laughs> and she sits, little note, she sits in the back like yes. he's fucking Uber. Yes. Yes. He's the fucking chauffeur now. I sit in the front with, you don't sit in the front with you when you're by yourself with Uber? With the help? No. <laughs> you have to ask Eli if he. <laughs> okay. But so like, so she says to him, she's like, I need you to take me home. Now. 
He picked her up under the I need a phone excuse, right? What the fuck is this? I need to get home shit. I was like, well, okay, I will drive you to a phone where you can call someone who gives a fuck about you. Uh, and spoiler alert, as we will learn later on in this movie, I would like to know who the fuck she was going to call <laughs> on that phone. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get there. Um, she, and, and also, okay, so he picks her up because at first I'm like, what kind of dick wouldn't give her a ride? And then he gives her a ride like for two minutes and she's going, oh, the Lord is going to bless you for this. I just know it. And I'm like, I wouldn't kick her out of the car for saying that, but she would ask to leave shortly after. Right. Like she would volunteer to get out of the car moments afterwards. <laughs> All right. Oh, and then we learn here, of course, that her name is Grace. See, the movie title totally makes sense. It's a double entendre now. Well, the movie has to black friend it up because he's like, what's your name? And she's like, my name is Grace. And he's like, what? And he's like, Grace, it's Grace. <laughs> yeah. All right. So and then he realizes that she wants him to take her clear to the other end of town, which based on what we've seen of this town is an 11 minute drive. If you catch all three of the town's red lights. Exactly. But it will last. Spoiler alert. Two hours. Yes. This is a two hour long movie. It is longer than planes, trains, and automobiles, where they take planes, trains, and <laughs> automobiles. <laughs> All right. And by the way, it's at this moment that this movie absolutely lost me. This is an actual line that she says to him as they're driving through town. She says, and I quote, it's funny how different things look sometimes. You ever noticed that? <laughs> that some, that is below the threshold of noticement. You're literally asking, have I ever noticed objects moving in three-dimensional space? I mean, to be fair, what we're going to learn about this character's intelligence, she might not have object permanence. Like she might be gaining it <laughs> right true. here at this very second. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. I'm about to say something fucking crazy. You ever see a cup and then you look away and when you come back, it's still fucking there? Is this me? Is this a me thing? And look, I, like for a second, I kind of wanted, I'm trying to forgive him and figure out the excuse, like how that happens. Because sometimes when I'm trying to write a diatribe, I can't figure out how to get in there. And you and you look back over it, you realize that you've written something like, have you ever noticed stuff? Anyway, speaking of that, you know, or something like that. So I thought maybe this was just a, a bad effort to get to some other point, but no, that was the whole observation. And then that scene ends. <laughs> Things sometimes look different. It is the entirety of the scene. And as though the movie realizes how stupid what it just said is, it cuts to some more footage of America. It's like, Oh, I thought, thought we had more there. Sorry. Here, look, there's some, there's some fields of corn and some music that's, like getting chased down a long tunnel by the guy at the party with a guitar. Here you go. <laughs> All right. So so time has now passed. She's fallen asleep. Again, okay. this can't be more than an 11-minute trip. Right. She fell asleep so quickly. That means that the 24 version of this is her being like, you ever notice how sometimes things change? <laughs> <laughs> And already in my notes, I'm like, 
well, how are they not there yet? Right. Like we're two minutes from when she says that they got to go across town and I'm already going, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> and also it kind of plays it like he runs over a cat to wake her up or something, right? Like they go over a bump and she wakes up, but it, it plays it like he did that on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. She's, I wanted him to just like slam the wheel really hard. She smacks her head into the window. Oh, what? Oh, you were awake? You were awake? It's crazy. Do you want to talk or what? Yeah, right. Well, and honestly, like if we could imagine anyone wanting this human being to be conscious, that would be easier to, to envision, right? So like she's she wakes up and she's like, are you a man of faith? And he's like, oh, are we talking about that? Now, again, but he does manage to find the only stupid question that you could respond to. Are you a man of faith with? She says, are you a man of faith? And he says, what does that mean? <laughs> I'd actually love to hear a Christian explain that to me one time. I'm oh, gonna, that's fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm with jo Joey Lawrence on that. Like, what the <laughs> fuck does that even mean? Like, if he's making an igtheist argument here, I'm good. Right. <laughs> I think it was more like, I don't understand any of those words, but, but I, I, I like where you're coming Faith from. Faith almost better. has two syllables, though. Yeah, right. So I like to carry around a Quran for those moments. Are you a man of faith? <laughs> yeah. Here's uh, some stuff I want to tell you about. That's a uh, good question. We done talking? No, yeah. we're done talking. I'm actually Gozer the Gozerian. So, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Well, yeah. And he's like, no, nah, not really. And she's like, well, we're going to have to work on your lack of faith. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Now I would just kick you out right now. I'd be <laughs> like, oh, OK, you're a bigot against like me as a human. So I just, no. just wrote in my notes. Great. Shut up and go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, OK, at this point, she's like, oh, hey, turn here. Right. So they turn into this high school stadium. Right. And look, she's leading him into an abandoned field. I've seen this porn. He's going to get a blowjob. This is neighborly. I like this movie for a second. <laughs> well, and then she starts breaking into the school. So we're like, okay, so there's going to be a cheerleader outfit involved. It'll be exactly. great. Exactly. We've seen this porn. We were all excited. Our notes are all in the same place. Right. But it's not a porn. So you have to be like, why the fuck? Would he follow? Like, you would think like, oh, good, I'm out of this easy, right? I just put her shit out and be like, okay, two seconds and I'm leaving. Bye. All right. Uh, didn't say any side trips. I'll let you enjoy your high school swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> right. But he follows her in and she goes, he goes, what are you doing? And she says, and I quote, come on, you never snuck into a high school before? Felt like he should have had some follow-up questions there. Right? I, all I wrote was, not as an adult, I didn't. <laughs> Cut to the two of them going door to door. Just like, okay, so there's a weird technicality in Megan's Law. There's a whole thing. <laughs> there's also, there's an amazing Heath Enright moment here where like they, it turns out that they were old football rivals and he's like oh you went to this school and she's like yeah he goes oh we used to stop you in football and she screams and she's like yeah squim race right the fuck now <laughs> yeah scroll to the bottom of the page scroll back up <laughs> Heath is already naked and diving into that pool it's good that this didn't happen to me. Well, Absolutely. no, but that's the thing is that like th th this movie was so like watching a woman try to fuck Heath because she says, I want to go swimming with you right now. 
they're in their clothes, right? They don't have like a, they, they, like clearly she wants to get naked in the pool with him in that moment. And he's like, oh, you know, I can't swim. I just ate about 20 minutes ago. You know, it, right? Like he, 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 I feel like you are underestimating Ooh. Heath's powers. If this was a woman who wanted to naked swim with Heath, he would have brought wetsuits and snorkeling gear. <laughs> yeah, I got him. And Here then he would have won the race no. and really run it. We're going to take in. this race seriously. <laughs> that. competition. He put on the little cap and everything. <laughs> it's got I the wear little it. thing I'm that ready. holds your nose open. Yes. <laughs> Closed. Got a Russian coach yeah, not communicating open. to him through a skull vibration. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. You're weird because you're going to lose so hard. Maybe get exactly. your head in the game. Whatever. Sergey just got you. You can't hear him. better than yours. That's established now. <laughs> All right. So, but instead of having some naked time together, she sits there and reminisces about her last swim meet. And this is such a weird fucking story. Right. Because it ends with her going like, you know, and that's the last time I ever saw my father. He abandoned me. But it doesn't lead in like that's the point we're going for. Right. No. She's like, oh, I looked up and my dad was in the bleachers and I swear. Well, <laughs> she, she says there he was sitting right next to my mom. But we haven't introduced who he is yet. So I was like. Jesus? <laughs> I'm just picturing like drunk stepdad Jesus the whole time now. Yeah, you can do it, honey. You can do it. I'm, I'm sorry I tried to kiss you at New Year's. Good. Good. You look so you much like your mom now. But young. So. <laughs> ah, she's mad at me now. She's mad at me now. Looks like I'm going to be sleeping in your bed again tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, but yeah, so she's telling him this story about how like she wasn't the best swimmer on the team. But at the last meet, her dad showed up and it was the only meet that he ever came to. Um, and she swam in that one like she'd never swam before. That's the story, right? He's just like, so what happened? And she's like, oh, I swam. And he's like, fast? And she's like, yeah. Well, she turns it around on us because she's like, and I was so happy. Little did I know he had already packed his things. So that means that the dad was like, yes. all right, I've never been to my daughter's swim meet, but you know what? If I'm abandoning her, I really want to put her on an emotional roller coaster over the next couple of days. I'll go to her swim meet for the first time. I'll cheer her on for the only victory she'll ever experience. And then I'll abandon her and never come back. Yeah, weird end to that. Like, it seems like she was learning how that story ended at the same time we were. Right. Like, like the actress was like, and it's weird. I never saw my dad again. Wow. That's I told that story in the wrong order, didn't I? Weird. Weird. I'm also the only woman to ever tell this kind of story that doesn't finish it with you want to have anal sex. So, yeah, this is a weird day that we're doing all together. You want to leave? You want to leave and go to another nostalgia place for me? Let's go to another nostalgia yes. place for me. <laughs> yeah. OK, but before that, before we do that, she has to meet the sadness box. The sadness box. This is okay. So she, they they leave the the high school. They go back to the car, and as she's about to now, she's going to sit in the front seat. Right? He's no longer the Uber driver since he heard about her swim meet. But she's got to take his sadness suicide box out of the way first. <laughs> oh, so, hey, whatever you do, just don't look in that box. I'm a grown up with a secret box. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what's happening right now. And she gives the only realistic performance of this movie. The moment he's like, hey, don't look in that box. She's like, oh, you have a severed vagina in this box. (laughs) I am going to leave now. And he's like, sorry, sorry. No, you can hold it. You can hold it. You can hold it. Please. How would I be a murderer if I let you hold the box, right? (laughs) Murderers wouldn't let you hold the box. Huh? And I love that, like, his ultimate decision is is he doesn't want to be rude, so he lets her hold a box with a loaded gun in it without telling her that there's a loaded gun in it. Well, you know, that situation can be tricky. I mean, I know how that would go if it was me. Want me to hold this box? Oh, uh, no, it's okay. No, 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 it's cool. I insist. I insist. I want to hold the box. Um, Um, What's in here? Anyway. No, don't open the box. Don't open the box. Okay. Okay. Yeah. um, Sorry. Personal. Right. So head or come? Sorry. What? Is there a head in the box or is it full of a bunch of little jars of your cum? Those are the. No, it's uh, it's just uh, personal. There's three reasons. Someone isn't allowed to open a box and you're not Pandora. So it's head or it's cum. Um, What do you got? It's cum. Right. Right. Nice. Okay. So let's get going. Just it's it's the little book where God has written the code of life. You see. Yeah, it is. It is. Come. Got it. That was a scale reference, everybody. Oh, okay. Scale. That guy's gross, though. So don't. All right, so then we get more shots. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so then we get more shots of this shithole down from a dude who was sure he was just one filter away from capturing its true beauty amidst the corn silos. Um, And also, like, so this is the point now where, like, (laughs) she's starting to crack through his tough exterior. Well, she's got some pretty amazing banter. She didn't break. She just entered. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, this is, oh no, this is her underwear joke too, right? The, how a smile is like tight underwear. It gives you a rash? <laughs> no, because it, it makes your cheeks go up. What? I don't know. It not, doesn't even, that's a stupid joke. It does not do that. How tight is this woman's underwear? I fear for her safety. Well, you know, we've gotten this far without talking about her ass. I feel like it's time we broach that subject, right? Okay, let's do it. This woman is a strong, independent actress who we respect for her intelligence, but the DP of this movie thinks it is about her large and lovely backside because it is 90% of the shots of this film. It it is it is literally credited above her, right? It's like so and so's ass and then so and so. Yeah, we see a lot of her ass. Thank you. That's the important thing. Okay. So now they're driving around, she finally gets him to smile by saying smile over and over again, you know, cuz that's how yeah. you get people to stop being suicidal. He says, "You should smile more." And I want him to just be like, oh, "I smile. You should have seen me when I had a gun to my head." And I was thinking about joining my wife. Oh, and you came over and we're like, beep, beep, nine hour drive across three blocks. Anyways, is this you up here on the left? Right. But before they can go any further, he remember homeless guy from before. They're going to run into him again. Quite literally, he actually slams his car into homeless guy's shopping cart. Which means that this homeless guy travels faster than this car. Yes. 
or more directly. It's very unclear what path they've taken. <laughs> the figure eight theory is really getting a lot more believable as we go. And also, like, I, I want to say this is on the homeless guy. If you're coming around the fucking corner with a shopping cart, don't just appear from behind a van. Look where you're going. It's your shopping True cart. baby carriages as well. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, Company exactly. Policy. So he hits the, and then he runs out. He's like, you know, uh, uh, Joey Lawrence is like, hey, homeless guy, are, are you okay? And the guy goes like, okay, I'm laughing for some reason. It's so, again, the character choices they made for this homeless guy are bizarre. Because he's not like, hey, you knocked over my cart. He's like, I'm fucking great. This is so fun. <laughs> I, had a I had a cart full of cans. Now I don't. No more pushing oh. those cans around. Thank you. Fun day today. By the way, your dead wife was the best. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> next thing he says. Yeah, right. It turns out that this homeless guy knows his wife from when she used to work in the shelter because she was so Christian. And it just so happens that the homeless guy has on his person this character's son's baseball mitt. Oh, my God. Uh, one second. Uh, is this yours? Nope, that's another guy's dead son stuff. One <laughs> second, I got no, that was your wife's underwear. <laughs> a little gift oh. for me. Uh, here we go, your son's baseball glove. I carry a lot of children-related items. I don't know if you can tell. a bunch of sadness boxes all lined up. You smashed into me, and now they're all disorganized. All but I think, up. is this, yeah, this is the one. This so the many one. anniversary pictures, I got to sort these now. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, the homeless guy won't, take any money from them or any offers to like drive him to the hospital now or whatever. And by the way, at this point in the movie, I'm thinking to myself, Oh, what an obvious and stupid play. Obviously they're going to end up having Thanksgiving dinner together with this homeless guy at the end of this movie. They won't. Nope. In fact, that character will never appear in the movie nope. again. Fun fact. <laughs> We're done with him now. Yep. The writing is not as advanced as Saved by the Bell. So, <laughs> no, yeah. exactly. Yeah, all right. So they drive off to have more awful dialogue, but they have to pull over so he can, like, you know, t tell her something from his heart. And very clearly <laughs> they have to pull over because Joey Lawrence couldn't deliver this much dialogue without reading it. Oh, and de couldn't drive and talk at the same time. Right. Yeah. I want the deleted footage of him being like, you know, my wife and ah, tree, tree, sorry. <laughs> Forgot the wheel on the bus goes round and round. And she's carrying the sadness box in her lap this whole time for no reason. Also, I want like, just put it down, put it in like the floor in the back seat, but. I, like, I don't know. I'm guessing Joey Lawrence just refused to be like, it's his real sadness box. And he was like, no, every shot has to be in every shot. It's got all the fan mail he got from back when he was on Blossom or something. Yeah. Why, why is there a Chippendales ticket receipt on here? Just put it <laughs> on the box. Doing that. Yeah. So he tells her all about how his wife. Did. So now he tells us the beginning of this movie. Yes. The second of four times we will revisit the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Well, and then the, his monologue bleeds into us literally watching the exact same scene again. The, the full two minute and 15 <laughs> second scene that opened this movie. Well, look, we needed to see that awesome ninja line again. <laughs> yes. Might as well have us watch Grace watch the movie up until her part begins. Like, 
Like, I, was, I was hoping he'd keep talking and describe the entire movie until this point. And, yes. be like, and that brings us and to then, now. And then I started and then telling I said, you. And that brings us to now. And then I said, and then I said, that brings us to now. Yeah. So, yeah. We watched the whole fucking thing. And then when that scene is over, though, see, at the beginning, we didn't get to see the whole scene. We just saw that the wife got shot. But two more shots rang out. Yes, they use that term. He says literally, he closes it by saying, three shots rang out that night. Here comes the story of the hurricane. One in my knee, one in the bad guy in his ba- badness. This stupid. Wait, and then the third. No, wait, the first one went through her. Sorry. She, <laughs> yes. Then for some reason, my knee, I guess we fought it around and down and then it went back to him. So the gun trajectory, don't picture it. You want to drive? <laughs> it's like, you go like, where's, where's Oliver uh, Stone? We need him to come in and <laughs> yeah, Jesus. And okay. Also like we see, cause he comes back and says that. And then we go back into the flashback for just a second. And I shit you not. I, I thought I'd misheard this. I went back and checked and made sure he comes over in the flashback. He comes over to his dying wife. She's bleeding all over the place. She's got this really unrealistic blood streak coming out of her mouth. And he says, what's going on? What's going on? What? Oh, uh, I got shot. Is going on? You're stupid. I laughed for um, a solid six minutes at this moment. I just wrote, what's going on? What's up? Is that your period? I thought that wasn't from your mouth. Is that from your... Does that happen occasionally? <laughs> Either way, just shh for a second. I'm gonna I'm setting up <laughs> I got a, shot doing a, I'm doing a shoebox thing. I'm I got my napkins. I'm saving them. Just quiet. <laughs> but then we get her dying request, which is basically whatever you do, don't kill yourself and abandon our son. <laughs> All right. So, and then this is also, by the way, when we when we learn that it's it's been five years since this happened. So Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving movie. Thank you. Yep. Thanksgiving. Yep. It's the fifth Thanksgiving he's been through without her. Yeah, no, it counts. It's, it totally counts. This movie shoe horns in Thanksgiving. Like you're watching a movie that has an R rating on a plane. It's just like, what the shirt do you think you're going to bull, Pucky? I'll shove your hat yeah. in your Batman. I don't know, man. Don't put this movie on a plane. Why did this need to be Thanksgiving, dude? To get the like... YouTube watching Thanksgiving traffic that they got with their straight to video bullshit movie. I guess. To be fair, I on both PureFlix and ChristianCinema.com, this and one other movie are all that's in their Thanksgiving category. So they nailed it. They yeah. did nail it. I guess. Yeah, well, we needed something. Um, all right. So then he's like, hey, let's end this conversion and continue our crosstown trip. Oh. Uh. And okay, they drive a little further, but then she wants to stop the car again because otherwise we'd have to deal with the fact that they definitely would have been across town or even three states by now. Yep. Right. He needs to stop pulling over when she says pull over, though. It's not working out. Like it keeps being like so far she's made him pull over for um, a high school B&E. And also to re-narrate the entire movie. That's that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, right. And this one's not going to be better, right? So he, he at this point, like he shouldn't expect her to have a reason uh, for asking him to pull over. But he does because it's stupid. And so he, she walks out to this like dilapidated storefront and says, hey, do you believe in soulmates? <laughs> God helped murder yours. So you should. <laughs> yeah, right. It's 
spoiler alert, mine too. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So she so now they break into her old dance studio and she tells him about a much better guy than him that she used to date. But it's it's so amazing. Uh, first of all, I thought she was going to be like and then I looked up in the bleachers and there was my dad. <laughs> but here's the amazing thing. This scene is so corny that he goes like, oh, and then you fell in love and got married and learned to dance here on your wedding. And she was like, that's, that's exactly what was written in the script. But now you've made it <laughs> stupid. So um, you, you talk now because that's. <laughs> he gets like. Crazy competitive about yes. it out of nowhere here. He's just like, fuck you. I have special moments that I'm a better I'm a better dancer than you. Let's I said in my vows, we said never stop dancing. We did never stop dancing. Let's do this. Look at my One, feet. Look uh, at my feet. Never stop dancing. He's just crumping right in her face as he delivers the whole scene. Oh, if they had had a one-on-one -on -one dance battle right now where they just gone for it. That's all I was rooting for here. That is all. I just wanted dirty dancing music to come on and oh, oh. it would have been amazing. Oh, I was thinking more of like a, a I was going to sing Time My Life. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forgetting the name. Oh, I was thinking more of a turn down for what style dance battle, just like genitals smashing through the ceiling and walls. <laughs> you watch way better movies than me. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Really good video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at, then, you know, they have this stupid, like, yeah, like this competition to see who had the most special spousal moment in this particular dance studio. Yeah. Just just to be clear, I turned on time of my life in my own apartment by myself and reenacted dirty dancing. <laughs> okay. Well I, glad to hear. I was both parts. I lifted myself. It was <laughs> see, and I scored points with my wife during this because I was like, see if we had taken dance lessons before our wedding, this movie would be like us. And now it's not. Because <laughs> I was busy. So we just hugged until the song was over. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scored points. That's exactly what you were doing. I'll there. be dead yeah. soon. I promise. I <laughs> <laughs> we also got um, the only, I'm pretty sure, non-crazy sentence of the whole movie when he's like, at one point during the scene, he's like, okay, and by the way, just to circle back, God killing my wife, that's a point on my side for atheism. <laughs> I just want to be clear because you seem to think. Right, but she's got a good counter. She's like, wait. Maybe God put us together so we could, you know, mutually suck it up. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. God put her there because he needed more platitudes. And then she's like, hey, do you want to dance with me? And because he's as bad at taking fuck signals as Heath, he's just like, oh, not, these shoes are not great. For, well, okay, just for a minute, though. But then I have to drive you for Thanksgiving. Again, you are underestimating our friend Heath's powers. If a girl asked Heath to dance, he would have invited other people. Somehow they're in a crowded club. All of a sudden, it's a ping pong what? bar. He's challenging her very competitively. I, what? Who doesn't like competitive ping pong flirting? That's our ridiculous. listeners. Our listeners don't like loud ping pong places, Heath. That yeah. was a delightful, delightful ping pong bar in London. I don't know what you're talking about. As long about. as you don't want to talk to anyone there. Yeah, okay. I talk to a lot of people. So, okay, so then he flashes back to dancing with his wife while he's dancing with her, and we get more of that fucking youth pastor trying to fuck that 14-year-old with his guitar. Where well, they invented table tennis. Go ahead. <laughs> it's also, can I just point out, 
there's a it's a very weird thing to do like a dance with me, honey, I've got work when you're a detective. Right. Like yes. if he's an accountant and he's being pulled away from his numbers, but he's like, ah, how important can the first 48 hours be? All right. <laughs> the book of love is long and boring. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the moral seems to be to this point, don't kill yourself because an annoying, big boned, hot Mexican lady might want to give you a hand job in a dance studio eventually. Is that, am I following it correctly? I mean, I have taken That's... that moral too hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they tried to write a song about that moral, but they just didn't do very well with it. But that's definitely the moral. Absolutely. It's yeah. the reason I'm alive, no illusion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like these characters need some private time, so we're going to step away for a minute. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will he come back to the spot he picked her up just to find her jacket on a tombstone? Will she have to shit on his hood for him to realize she's fucking nuts? Is there anyone in this movie that I'm supposed to non-hate? Find out the answers to these questions and more. When we return for the so predictable, it might as well be an equation conclusion of Saved by Grace. I think this movie fails the Turing test several times. <laughs> several times. <laughs> All right, so uh, why don't we start by going around the table and saying what we're uh, thankful for. I'm thankful you guys decided to come down to Georgia for Thanksgiving. Wait, what? We did? I mean, in the sketch, we did. In reality, I'm in Cleveland yeah. and you're in New York because you have choice paralysis. I do not have choice paralysis. Cool. Where are you going for Thanksgiving? Just tell I me now. I am going... Uh, tell me. Well, no, here's the thing. It's, it's like, cool. No, I'm going to do this pick, Robin Hood ad real quick. Just, you just okay. let that go. I'm grateful for Robin Hood. Now, is this your thing about Kevin Costner again? Because I'm trying to eat, man. No, no, no. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Wait, commission-free? Okay, so here's the thing. Like, on the one hand, you're trying to decide where you go. And cool, you would great. To... That's right. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. With Robinhood, you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Wow, that sounds smart and simple. Okay, but see, the, the thing about options, like for my situation, would be... Yeah, like, it is easy, I Noah. Easy different. to understand charts Oops. and market data. You can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. It's so simple. But best of all, I'm thankful Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build their portfolio. All you have to do is sign up at awful.robinhood.com. That's awful.robinhood.com. Well, now I'm thankful for Robinhood, too. So I like turkey and, though, also enjoy having not been to turkey. It's also good that Say part of literally anything concrete right now. Literally anything. No. Well. <laughs> no. <laughs> From the breakout film Saved by Grace. Hey, man, are you okay? Comes the feel-good movie you didn't know you wanted. I'm fantastic. Because just because he's down and out. Are you sure you're fantastic? I just hit you with my car. Didn't want that hip anyway. Doesn't mean he's feeling down. Seriously, though, please get medical attention now. Couldn't, couldn't be better. Nope. Homeless guy. And you shat yourself. Free shit. 
You going to finish that? <laughs> and we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our heroes, their Tolkien-esque trip across town continued into the deep throes of winter. And now, just to drag it on a little more, we rejoin them with non-specific engine problems. It's just, it is literally <laughs> just like, ah, oh, it's... I wanted him to look down at the engine is just has a sign taped to it that says like this part of the movie is you guys walking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this happens. This does happen. Yeah. He just we, we the scene starts out. He's under the hood. And he's like, yep, it's dead. Just just <laughs> dead. There's a script stuck in the alternator. <laughs> <laughs> Broken. And and again, this is a Christian movie trope that I am totally unfamiliar with. He's just like, well, car's broken. I guess we just leave it here and wander away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Off into the distance we go. I wanted the black guy and the teenager from that Eyes movie to drive by like, oh. I no no idea, but I'm sure if I got that reference, it would have been awesome. You got to watch all our episodes. But, but he's just like, we can't just leave the car here in the middle of the road. We're grown-ups. Like, no, we're going we're to go walk. And she just like sticks a burning rag in the gas tank, starts walking away. <laughs> Denzel Washington is joining them. Oh, okay, cool. So we're, yeah. we're in an equalizer movie, everybody. Well, and what I love about this the most is that she's like, no, no, we can still walk that far in time. And he's like, I don't think we can. It's though. She, him, and the writers don't realize, like, my car no longer functions and is on some random street across town has implications beyond getting this chick to Thanksgiving on time. <laughs> right? So, yeah. So, they walk so that they can beat those hobbits, apparently. And she doesn't want to go the way he wants to go because she has bad memories of that road. Well, what's amazing is... Again, they turn this light moment into this super dark moment. It's like, uh, can we not go that way? My in-laws live that way. And he's like, in-laws. And I'm right. It's like, no, they they remind me of where my son died. And it's like, oh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to put this rubber chicken away. Did not <laughs> read that moment, right? <laughs> I wanted the in-laws to walk outside of their house and just be like, hey, Grace, good stuff. You guys fucking? Are you, you fucking sadness box guy? That's perfect. That's, that's you and sadness box guy are great for each other. He's been the worst. Oh, so excellent. yeah. So then we have a we have a flashback. She gets to have a sad flashback uh, that starts with how awesome her in laws were. She goes, "My husband served in Afghanistan." Rick goes, "Your husband served overseas," as though to establish their audience that Afghanistan is not a North American country. You know, Helpful. there was a large percentage of Pure Flix watchers just opening up an atlas. Afghanistan, I think that's in New Mexico, honey. Let me, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna map quest it. Yeah. So, but the the point of the flashback though is that her son wandered off to play hide and seek with grandpa and fell and drowned in their pool out back, which ha had no gate <laughs> around it or in like in like ten seconds. Oh, they're yeah, like yeah. playing with trucks. All right, let's play hide and seek. One, two, three, four, and he's dead in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the 24 version of this is these like, all right, one, and the kid runs. He must have run out of the back door, dived into the pool and been like, ah, first to die. I win, Grandpa. I'm hiding in heaven. <laughs> I wanted them to pan over and the homeless guy would just be like standing there laughing, just like, yeah. 
I bumped him with my cart. That's <laughs> God's uh, hilarious today. And I've got to be honest. Okay, so look, I, I mean, if you've got a pool and a three-year-old, like, you got to make some effort to keep those two things separate. Like, this is clearly grandpa and grandma's fault. That was, like, yeah. criminally negligent. And when we come out of the flashback, he's like, it's not your fault. And I'm very proud to say all of us have some version of, isn't it her fault? Isn't it? So? <laughs> so, isn't it? Well, it was grandpa and grandma's fault, well, but yeah, she brought What you him. need is a room full of pools to make it safer <laughs> for the need child. need a good guy with a pool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then she responds to him. <laughs> just like a retired Marine outside of a school with a baby pool. Just pointing <laughs> You guys want to buy alcohol from me? No, man. We don't. You want to hear about my divorce? Nope. We also don't. Nope. None of that. It seems to me odd that she would have like such good memories with the one pool and such bad memories. Like, I feel like those things would bleed together in her mind at some oh, point. Oh, that's true. Lots of lots of pool-based memories. Now, here's the weird thing. She wraps up this memory by being like, Faith is believing the things we can't see. And I wanted him so bad to zing her, just be like, like your kid going out the back door in the pool, right? <laughs> huh? <laughs> There's something you didn't see. Didim, dip, didim, tim. Bad mom. Let me, get, let me get that rubber chicken back out. Hold on. I got to find some use for him yet. So, okay. So now we cut to very violently to characters we haven't met, but this is his mom, Joey Lawrence's mom and his son, who he abandoned five years ago when the mom got killed, getting ready for their Thanksgiving together. And the only way I can describe this plot line in the movie is, no, no, it's not over. It's we <laughs> cut to his son. Yes. And can we talk about mom for a second? Let's please. Mom's makeup is like she sat down for a free makeover at Macy's Right after she called the girl a racial slur. That is the only way to explain this woman's physical appearance. So she sat down for a free makeover at Macy's. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, the kid, the the actor playing the kid would like to make it very clear that he's not a real actor. He's just somebody's kid, right? <laughs> that kid is, like, I mean, I know child actors, you don't always get the best, but that kid is painful to watch. Yeah, he might as well end every line with, is the movie over now? God, <laughs> I want to go in my room and be gay. I, I also love that, okay, so apparently mom leaves out a, a, a place setting for dad just in case he shows up one of these years, but he never does. Well, and not just a place setting. She prepares a Thanksgiving feast for 27 people yep. just in case her son appears. <laughs> Right. And sets a handful of other seats, but with only a fork, which I thought was weird. It's kind of half-assed. Like, I want to see, like, a full Norman Bates Thanksgiving dinner performed by this person, but no. <laughs> oh, it would have been great. But yeah, he he gets sad because she's talking about his dad and his dad not being there. And he asks, Grandma, can I eat this turkey in my room? And I just wrote... The Heath Enright story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's in it. My, my origin story, that would involve stuffing, not <laughs> turkey as much. Turkey's bullshit, by the way. Turkey's a stupid, I don't like, that's every other thing you could have for Thanksgiving is better. Like 
goose or ham or brisket or whatever. Hey, I don't know. Hey, you've had you've had Lucinda's turkey though. Yeah, that's and Lucinda made a brisket. I've had Lucinda's Italian bus, beef. Yeah, too. no, that's guys, true. Don't that's, tell, that's don't better. tell Lucinda we said that. That's pretty. Don't tell. That's pretty better. She checks her Twitter like four times a year, but don't you tell her. <laughs> So, yeah. So, but the key here is that their Thanksgiving isn't very happy at all, even when grandma makes it clear that there's cherry pie. Again, fuck you, grandma. Pumpkin pie. Right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Maybe pecan. What are you doing? Cherry pie. Whatever. Yeah. Where's the almond ice cream? Am I right? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you had jokes? You had more so, jokes? Yeah. About this movie? So, meanwhile. <laughs> Rick and Grace are still walking together. And hey, they happen by a church. Let's stop and see if anyone finds Jesus while we're here. Ugh. And the excuse she gives is, why don't we go in here to warm up? Yeah. They're going to warm up inside an abandoned church. Churches when people are in them are fucking freezing, let alone <laughs> when they're empty. There's also one really sad line in this scene. She apologizes to Joey Lawrence here. She's like, sorry about this whole like weird walking thing that I've been making you do. And like, you know, whole stupid plot of the movie you're in. And he's like, <laughs> oh, don't worry. I had nothing better to do. And it was just like <laughs> way too much truth. And like Joey Lawrence might not even know about the cameras. Like it's 50-50. <laughs> in my head. Sorry about you been making you in this. Be in this movie with me. No, it's... Nah, I appreciate you not putting me directly in scenes with any kids after the whole ankle bracelet situation. <laughs> this is really... <laughs> I think of you guys as my family. So... You're my next of kin, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, so they, they walk into the church. She's very impressed by the church. She's like, oh, it's so nice. I'm like, it's a hallway with pews in it and a church. At the front. They all look the fucking same. Mm, they all look the same. And I, I, my notes here are just like, oh, you could move those benches, put some beds in for like that homeless guy this movie has yeah. already acknowledged, open a hospital, then insist a couple hundred people give 10% of their income to it. I mean, there's lots of things that we could do instead of, <laughs> with this building. Yeah, but, but so they start talking about going to church and how his wife was a churchgoer. And she's like, oh, you're a very good man. I know this because you brought your kid to a church and let priests spend time with him unsupervised. That's how I can tell you're moral. Yeah, he's yeah. moral because he went to church because his wife went to. Dude, I would go to church if my wife went to. I don't give a fuck. Well, Ed, specifically, he went to church and didn't watch football. Like yeah. they were ready with that line like church is better than football colin kaepernick hates freedom cut okay <laughs> oh, no maybe they're just jaguars fans i would have rather been in church and then there's this okay maybe it was just me maybe i was bored but when she says hey do you mind if i pray before we go you thought she was gonna go yank one out on the altar right there was a very like <laughs> it's just me He's just standing there watching her pray. Okay, it's me. Yeah, it's a little weird. She also had a line I love here where she says, God's ways are higher than ours. And I mean, my ways are pretty fucking high, but that would, like, if, if that was true and that's how she meant it, that would make their religion make sense, right? Ooh. If somebody just came up to him and said, what about not the fish that swims up your dick? And he'd be like, oh, fuck, I didn't even think about not a fish. What? No, because I wanted dick. a fish that goes up water. <laughs> what? What dick? My dick? 
Get out. You guys are messing with me. Don't, though. Are you mad at me? Is that why you're doing that? <laughs> are you mad at me for the baby How did this water get all over the floor? All right. So and How did it? Though? So then she goes to pray, and her prayer is basically like, Dear God, please let this movie come to a conclusion in the next 20 minutes or so with the two of us falling in love. <laughs> as, and obviously him going home for Thanksgiving and my family turning out to be dead. I wanted him to just yell, don't talk about me to God like that. I'm not even here. I'm here. I can hear you. God. <laughs> God said you should let me open up your sadness box. No. <laughs> no. Stop it. Oh, and we we didn't mention this at the time, but when he hit the homeless guy's uh, cart full of cans or whatever, she looked in his sadness box while he was out there talking to the homeless guy. Oh. Right. That's why that scene existed so that we would give her a moment alone with the sadness box. So she knows good and well what's in there now. Oh, I hope she switched it out for like paper snakes or something. Like what <laughs> was, you know? A bang flag. <laughs> Come on. I got you. That would be pretty funny. You thought you were going into the quiet, but you're still here. So <laughs> you're still here. Classic. Not so th dead. they go to leave the church and she's like, oh, I left my purse in the church. He's like, I'll go back after it. Maybe I'll find Jesus while I'm in there. And a bullet. Yeah, right. So she took the bullet out of the gun. She saw a gun in his sadness box. She says, oh, I'm going to take this bullet out of it because obviously this is suicide. What other reason would a cop have for carrying a loaded firearm? Oh, my God, that would be so amazing if later they get cornered by some drug lords and he goes, don't worry, you're safe. And she's like, I thought it was a suicide movie, not a vengeance movie. I guess I got some terrible. Can I speak to you over here right. for a second? Not in front of Who the drug lord. Who has seen The Deer Hunter? We're going to do a little game. All right. So now, but now he prays, right? He hedges his bets, though. He says, God, if you're up there, which I feel like is... If you're going to pray, go all the fucking way, right? And I did not pay super close attention during this movie because it's terrible and boring. So I just noticed this where he knew, he notices the bullet. And I was like, does she leave the bullet as some kind of threat? Like, I was really <laughs> confused. I, I didn't realize she had looked in the box until I watched the movie a second time. So I, was, I thought she was just like going to be out there and running her thumb across her throat just like, you get me to my fucking Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> well, what I love is the idea that like on Monday, some preacher is going to walk in there and find a bullet sitting there and be like, oh, fuck, I should have paid them back. Uh, I shouldn't have given them a nuclear bomb uh, made of pinball parts. Damn. No, this is good. Now I got a backup sadness box bullet. <laughs> All right. So now she wants him to cut across a field, presumably where she will disembowel him and eat his heart for Thanksgiving. Like, right. Like it, it, this is clearly, this isn't a porn setup anymore. So this has to be her killing him out in the middle of nowhere somewhere. Yeah, but no, it's his oh. old little league field. Yep. That's oh. another place. The, the whole writing process of this fucking movie was a bunch of people sitting in a room going, where else do memories happen? Hold on. Shit. <laughs> Hold on. I had it. Pools. We already used nope. pools twice. Somebody put a camera back on Joey Lawrence and just fucking see what he does. Maybe he'll talk about Little League or something. I don't yes. know. Oh, and his false memories are so... He's like, oh, I remember mom and dad never missed a game. Dad used to say to me, make sure nobody ever murders your wife. It was weird at the time. <laughs> but now I'm like, what? 
much. <laughs> Eli blew up a plane with his brain. So, yeah. So, but this is also, he can admit that he was always too busy being at work to watch his son play baseball. And also that yeah. he's pretty sure stalking is a sufficient replacement for parenting when it comes to his son. Yes. This is amazing. She goes, you've never seen your son in five years. He goes, oh, I see him every day. Sorry. Sorry. I follow him and stalk him. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't see uh, me. I do see him, though. Yeah. But then she plays the at least your son isn't dead card. That's a pretty good card to have in your hand. Right. Like that shuts him the fuck up, at least. So then they walk some more and we get another amazing line. And it's the, the line itself is so fucking stupid that even if she delivered it right, it would be really stupid, but she delivers it wrong. So this is what she literally says, quote, so is Ricky short for something like Richard or Ricky? <laughs> and again, this movie has this crazy meta moment where he's like, no, it's just Ricky. My name is Ricky. I was born Ricky. And she's like, really? And he's like, no, that's stupid. My name is Richard. <laughs> you don't name your child Ricky unless you want him to stand on top of a big boy and eventually solidify into a giant magical statue that curses all who pass by. <laughs> no, it's short for Ricka Ricka Brown. <laughs> no, you fucking idiot. It's Richard. Yes. Jesus. And then she and then she says she explains that her name is Grace because it was part of her parents brainwashing efforts. And he's like, well, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> also, they cross their Christian movie tropes here where she's like, well, you know, my parents were missionaries, but my father abandoned us. Oh, he was a bad. He was a Jewish missionary. <laughs> uh, Yerg. He's dead. Can he be dead? He's hopefully dead. better. If we, can we go back? <laughs> we can't go back. Why can't we go? I feel like we should be able to go back. This is a script. Um, yeah, no, this, you know what? This script was written in Mario universe where you can only go forward. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Also, as they're wrapping up this scene, leaving the little league field, he says, you don't have some rare disease you're dying of. Do you fade to black? <laughs> oh, you're winning our sadness contest by a lot. Do you have <laughs> a terrible disease too? Yeah, puppy cancer. I'm actually a puppy with cancer. Like, well, I'm a bunch like, of puppies in a lady suit. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to turn and be like, no, but we ruled that out in the scriptwriters meeting. Yes, we're doing we're doing a different stereotypical ending. I feel like they were hedging their bets at that point. Yeah, but at this point, he just finally realizes that this whole time. She's been taking him to his mom's house, not her family's house. What? Now, right. Now, this is supposed to be like the good ending, right? Like he's going to go see his family finally on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But just to be clear, he's already missed Thanksgiving dinner trying to get a hand job in church from Hitchhiker. Like that's the that plot didn't that we get, just watched. That he didn't get. He didn't even get the handy. Right. No, exactly. And mom, by the way, is ecstatic to see him for the first time in five years and is also ecstatic that he has brought a strange woman with him. Yeah, she seems equally excited about seeing both of them. I, I also love how they split up the reunion that he has with his mom and the reunion he has with his son, right? Because he's like, hey, is, is my son here? And she's like, he's next door so that we could split up the reunion scenes. Um, I'm going to be happy to see you and he's... Not, so we figured it was hard to write both of those. There was a lot of cross, 
crosstalk didn't really work. It's hard to write more than two characters at a time. <laughs> so, yeah, so then we get a talking to mom montage over Thanksgiving dinner. Luckily, they don't make us listen to what these people are saying. I would love <laughs> to hear this montage, though. It's just like, so then my son drowns and I'm like, what? So I bring all my belongings to the side of the road and I just <laughs> wait for someone to drive me to where I want to be. Yeah, but so the, the montage wraps up and then Luke comes in and he's like, Dad, wow, I was next door. feel like you could have just come next door and said, hey, I'm over here. And again, Ricky's character, the, the protagonist, seems confused that his son, who he abandoned for five straight years, isn't like, awesome, there we go. Yeah. Wow, took you a while, am I right? Was there traffic? I mean, we do live in a big, long town. So. Yeah, that's true. It is a very long town. <laughs> yeah, but even when he gives Luke his old baseball glove, he's not quite ready to forgive him for the five years of abandonment. It's the best. It's so meta. He's like, I brought you your baseball glove. And he's like, you abandoned me for five years. We could play catch. No, we can't. You abandoned me for five years. It's already broken in. It's old broken in. Wrapped it in Don't rubber bands dick. for you. Nope. <laughs> You're the dick. You abandoned your son for five years. You're the bad guy forever. Well, that's the thing, too, is like this kid storms off and he goes like, he hates me. And I'm like, you are profoundly hateable. You didn't have to abandon me for five years as my father. And I hate you, too. You just had to walk into the goddamn movie going, hey, babe. And I already <laughs> hated you. And I love how long it took him, dad, to realize that he was evil for that. Like the kid... One more time, they go through this whole thing, and then kid's like, so you want to just, like, hug it out, and then you're my dad again? And he's like, yes. Yeah, he is, too. Sorry, no, obviously, second, no. You were, you were joking. You were joking. That was the rhetorical question, all right? I get it now. I get it now. But at least Grace is very proud of him for reaching out to his son. Yeah, and again, everyone else in this movie is acting like Luke is the problem. Again, Luke's like, I feel like I'm fucking taking crazy pills. What are you talking about? He just walked in with a woman he's fucking. He was like, hi, son. This is the woman. We could all assume that I'm fucking. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was rooting so hard for Luke to just like walk out and rock straight into a pool and drown. <laughs> like, right in the middle of Grace being like, I'm proud of you, Ricky. You're a good dad. You didn't drown your kid at all. Okay. Oh, and then Rick just you know turns what? to her and he goes, Trump wow. card. I win. I win okay. now. You are right back in the game, though. That's with the sadness contest. That's I'll pretty I'll tell close. you what, though. I got a guy for this. A guy who does dead kid in pool cleanings. Really good. Really, was very good with the service. And I gave him a five star Yelp review, so you know he's gonna he's gonna treat you right. Let It'll me give you my on. guy. Yeah. I got a sadness aquarium guy too. <laughs> kind of do a little miniature. Yeah. So Luke goes and storms off his uh, and goes to his room, not to cry at all, but to listen to his music. <laughs> and this actor again, it's been a while since we've had a Christian movie actor who has no idea what to do during the oh, not talking part of his acting. This kid might as well like punch his hand into his own chest and like <laughs> crawl inside his body and be like, yep, there we go. <laughs> but also, if this kid had just started jerking off, this movie would be realistic. So, yeah, you know. right, right. 
But no, he's listening to his music. Dad comes up and he wants to, he has to do the talking to him through the door thing where he promises to never leave him again and then leaves. Yeah. I will and- I will never leave you again. And the kid goes to the door and he's gone. <laughs> yep. Uh, and dad's given like a resentful second apology too. He's like, all right, one more time. Sorry I abandoned you. Uh, feels like I already said that downstairs, but <laughs> I'm sorry again, again, I guess. <laughs> what can we run through this a little fast? And the kid, the kid's like already like running his hands along the door. It's like it's a sexual moment between. It's really weird. Yeah. And also, I love the, you know, the, the moment where he's like, yeah, yeah, we can do stuff that dads and sons do like. Make soapbox racers and play on the ham radio. Maybe make some models with glue. Like, it's all so fucking outdated and antiquated that you know that they sat around in the fucking writer's room going, what has anyone seen a kid in the last 12 years? What was he doing? All right. Who here is divorced and doesn't have custody? Uh, Again, that's all of us. All right. What would you do with your son? Don't say kill him to get back at that bitch, Dave. (laughs) Don't get back. Sorry. There we go. All right. I told you we're putting that in the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> Grace by save. So, yeah. So then the dad who would never leave his son again leaves. Yep. And, and apparently his parenting is fixed now. That That is done. Yeah. Yep. Just slides the baseball mitt under the door. A little bit of oil. All right. Doesn't have to be for baseball. Get creative. Whatever. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, son. A condom. A toothpaste tube, a towel, and some rubber bands. Little Enjoy. Banana peel. <laughs> banana peel microwave. Classic. So, yeah, so now. Ten this- seconds max. You got to take it easy, though. I know what you're thinking. You will thinking boil 15. your dick, my son. <laughs> All right. So now that his parenting is fixed, he goes downstairs and borrows his mom's car. His mom yes. that he hasn't seen in five years. Hey, can I borrow the car? I've got to drop off someone I met today. Obligations are obligations. Am I right, Mom? I haven't seen in five years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I love the idea that he drops her off somewhere and then he just goes and shoots himself in his mom's car. <laughs> Does he go back to the church to get his bullet? Yeah. You, know. you guys seen one bullet? I just it's I just need it for a thing. <laughs> oh, I used it to kill the kid I was molesting. I'm so, I didn't know that was your bullet. You, you thought it was your one bullet? Yeah, because I was gonna take him out once and for ah, it's a whole thing. Okay. It's funny though that we both had right. one bullet. Well, related can I activities. get your one bullet then, or did you also use that? I molested a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna cut out everything except for that line. Um, all right, and, and do it. Now they're going to visit her family, right? That that was the whole thing. They were going to visit her family, but it turns out that her family lives in a graveyard. And it's so good. Because <laughs> here's the thing, right? It's such a predictable ending, and yet it makes no fucking sense. No. Right? Somehow this is the perfect ending for this movie, and it negates the entire goddamn movie. Again, as you said at the time, who was she going to call if he had a cell phone? <laughs> I just want, oh, I want a flash cut to her just being like, bring, bring. Hello, honey. Why don't you come see me at the place? Oh, I'll be right there. <laughs> and I wanted him so bad at this point to be like, okay, so then it doesn't fucking matter if it was Thanksgiving Day. Like, I could have got you here tomorrow that I could have stayed with my son, but you made it. Seemed like there was a dinner. That's shitty. 
And honestly, as crazy as she's been up until that now, like if she had like gone over to the graveyard and started puppeting around her dead family for Thanksgiving, oh, how surprised would he, yeah, like he shouldn't be shocked by that at all. There's a shovel and some turned over dirt. She just picks up a toddler and she's like, oh, hello, Mr. Rick. Would you like some turkey? She's got a turkey skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, movie would have been worth it. Yeah. And also, this is where he notices he looks at the uh, headstone for her husband who died in Afghanistan. And she's like, hey, your husband died on the same day as my wife. Neat. <laughs> yeah. Their God has a weird plan, huh? Gabriel, Gabriel, get in here. Yes, God, what's up? Did you match up Rick and Grace? For uh, soulmates, yeah, I did. Well, then how come they aren't married? Uh, they, they aren't? No, no, look, she's with this Marine guy and he's with her. It doesn't... Oh, weird. Ah, uh, must have been a mix-up in... Uh... You know, Cupid's whole thing. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to him. No, it no, it's too late for that. I'll, I guess I'll just have to get rid of the spouses. Get rid of them? Yeah, I mean, nothing to be done about it now, but... Uh, uh, I mean, it looks like they already have kids, so maybe no, we, could, no, we could just, like, do it. No, they belong with I mean, their soulmates. So uh, get, get rid of them. Okay. Okay. But, but like, aren't... Aren't they going to wonder why we did something so evil? Is uh, there a point we're going to have to answer uh, this? Uh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll tell them they got in a fight in an embassy. Old joke. Classic. Yeah, but no, but when we recorded this, it was topical. Brand new. I mean, it will. It's, will, it's topical <laughs> no. right now. Like, that just came out. <laughs> Is that what people are going to do? Like, oh, so, uh, like the West Wing? Cool, cool. All right, what, let's both name... The days that our exes died. Go. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. What? Get out of here. Pump Whoa. fake. And apparently, yeah, <laughs> they're in love now. This yep. is us. He, he has this whole, like, this impossibly cheesy, my heart is beating for you line. Uh, and they kiss, right? And somehow, in a movie that, I will say, has had some sexual tension in it, there is zero sexual tension to this kiss. No, it just... it, it, it's <laughs> negative sexual tension, right? Yeah. It's now. First of all, it's the it's the classic Christian movie peck and hug. You know, it's oh, mostly it, hug. Yeah, absolutely the peck and hug. But also, they kiss as though both actors simultaneously realize they're gay when they finally kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Back to the Future where she's like, "I feel like I'm kissing my brother." It was like one of those moments, maybe. Super hot. We read that movie. <laughs> Never mind. All right. So now he goes, we cut to him back at Suicide Bridge talking to his, his dead wife. Yeah. It's like, hey, hon. So I'm plowing this Latina chick now. <laughs> it's going pretty good. You'll never guess when her husband died. You'll never. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> okay. N name what day. Oh, uh, he's, yeah. he's like. Hey, are you are you fucking a dead marine dude in heaven? Because like honestly, that would be so funny. <laughs> oh, so crazy. <laughs> that would you be guys would have been at orientation together, probably. Oh, heaven's okay. Name what day your living spouse started fucking someone else. <laughs> Go Thanksgiving. <laughs> what? This is fun. This is fun. 
like that documentary about the triplets. And just in case your <laughs> Christian movie bingo wasn't quite filled out yet, we're going to end this movie with Joey Lawrence and the kid, the Luke, playing catch so that you can get your bad sportsing out. Okay. Uh, question. I, my father never played catch with me. No, you don't say, Eli. Yeah, not because he wouldn't have, I'm sure. But I think at one point he showed me a baseball glove and I like put it on and did a Hannibal Lecter speech with it. And he was like, that's enough of that. (laughs) So is that all catch is? Do you just throw a ball back and forth? I mean, it's It's throwing too. Yeah, it's throwing (laughs) and catching. It's throw and catch. That's just too long to say. It's both. I now have zero sympathy for all movie characters who didn't get to play catch. Catch looks super boring after (laughs) zero seconds. I mean, it's not fun like a Meisner exercise, but it's pretty fun. (laughs) We'll play catch at Thanksgiving then. All right. (laughs) We'll play catch at Thanksgiving then. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, if we've learned anything from Christian movies, it's that nothing we ever see turns out to have been the dumbest or the worst. So when this movie's method of killing off the loved one eventually gets out stupided, how will our hero have lost their wife slash husband slash child? Their the husband will choke to death on the child. I was thinking the the mom, the wife, would die of cancer while hoisting a piano on a pulley <laughs> and kill a baby. Oh, classic piano baby death. Yeah, no, those are good. All right. Well, that's going to do it for a review of Saved by Grace, but that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to get you excited for the second course. So, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? This is a listener recommendation. Uh, It was pointed out that while we've done some Hindu crazy, done some Muslim crazy, we've done some Jewish crazy, and we have done, obviously, quite a bit of Christian crazy, we haven't done any Wiccan crazy. So we're going to be looking at the viral sensation Ember Days. All right. All right. Well, that's the religion with the most boobs in it, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So... We can hope. Yeah. All right. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 170 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist Citation Needed and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robinson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bostig, I'm No Illusions. Promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Joey Lawrence went on to join Gary Busey in the burlesque show that opens for live gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy hundred air money. Already paid for it. The Lions went on to beat the Bears 27 to 21 on Thursday, and Cecil cried into his stuffing like a bitch. That'd be cool <laughs> if that happens. Rick tried to get a threesome going in the afterlife. It did not go over <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I want to see the sequel now. I do. One second. Sorry.
One second. <laughs> this is a weird bit this lady's doing at this <laughs> Sorry. Madge got caught on my headphones. And she pulled me face down onto my desk <laughs> for a while. That whole time you heard me saying one second was me trying to free myself without, like, throttling my dog. All right. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.